Nej, lad os gøre. Nej, nej. <laughs> okay, seriøsle. Stand der. Hello and welcome back to Widowed AF. You're here with Rosie Gilmoss and... Jonathan Gilmoss. Timing on that was perfect. Well done. So, we are joining you on Friday. We're actually recording this on the same Friday that we're going to release it because um, that's how organised we've been this week, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah. may be quite late on Friday when it goes out, but I'll do my best. We're just going to keep you waiting. Why might it be late, John? What's happening uh, today? I don't know. I think something might be getting snippy-stipped. Snippy-snip-snip. So, yes, the wonderful, wonderful Mr. Gilmoss um, is putting his pride and joy in the hands of the medical professionals today to render him firing blanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the most important topic of today's conversation, <laughs> just so we know. <laughs> well, I think it is quite, um, this is not in, in the running order, but it is quite important because the reason that you're doing it is obviously because although you love me and our children very much, we, we really would rather not have a fifth. Um, and regular listeners will be aware that my hormones have been giving me a bit of a kick in the ass lately. So I'm having my former cultures and contraception taken out and beginning HRT. So in the interest, you know, of maintaining a healthy marital relationship without the risk of um, sleepless nights our age, uh, he has valiantly stepped up and offered to have this if i wanted to get it for your father's day i thought that would have been funny <laughs> <laughs> so yes that's happening this afternoon so we should have uh mr gm back in back in the saddle by next week but i will i'll keep you updated <laughs> not in too much detail it'll be fine it'll be fine well so back back into uh the correct order of things um we are just going to re- reflect a little bit on emma charlesworth's episode because um we talked about it in last week's um friday episode as well because it does um it's very familiar the story to us um for those of you who didn't listen yet yet um emma's husband uh, was admitted to a hospital in kent at the same time as john was admitted to a hospital in kent they were in um what do you call it, partner hospitals, part of the same trust. And they were both given very similar treatment. They were intubated, um, put into a coma, and and ultimately her husband didn't come out of it, and mine did. So it is a different dynamic. Um, There's a little survivor's guilt associated Mm -hmm. to doing something like this. Um, But she was very magnificent. Can we take that out? She she was very magnanimous. I still can't say it. Magnanimous. Mag- magnanimous. Magnanimous. I'm not going to use a different word. Brave faced. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Emma. She sorry. was she was very very compassionate. I think is probably the best word because she didn't hold a um, a bitterness or a resentment towards me, which she would have been kind of entitled to because she would do it unwillingly. I think. I don't. Yeah, it subcon- it's a subconscious. Thing. Yeah. Um, and she really talked in uh, in great detail about her t- her her experience of living through that time of losing somebody during a pandemic and the lack of cuddles and uh, human human support. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that really sad. And the, her and her daughter obviously created this really tight unit together, which will probably keep them close for the rest of their lives. But what they really needed was to be surrounded by 
family. Yeah, yeah, the, mm. the helpers needed to come in. And particularly with everything that's coming out in the news now, I mean, and has been coming out since, the it must be very difficult not to feel angry and resentful because we don't know that the treatment that they were giving was right. We don't know, we certainly know that the politicians issuing the directives were not following them. So, and I guess that's the element of it, if you, if you lose somebody during a international disaster, which I suppose this is, yeah. then I'm finding I'm trying to find a tactful way of saying this because what you don't want them to become is just a figure, just a statistic, a, a statistic in COVID deaths. And I can't imagine putting the news on "Have you died?" and then just seeing that hundreds and thousands of people were dying, and you were just a number in that. Mm-hmm news report i suppose and i i know that that's not the case and there are and people have gone to great lengths to make sure that their 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 loved ones are remembered but it it just must have been an incredibly turbulent and distressing time well it was it was we lived it as well it was but to actually lose somebody to this disease that everybody's so frightened of you must feel a bit of a pariah as well yeah and and also the the impact of um what do I want to say? The impact of seeing the stories on TV mm-hmm. when you're so close to the event. Like I remember when when Sarah died and stand up to cancer came on, I was like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Now they're in touch with us. And actually, guys, just a quick side point. Um, all the ones who've been interviewed so far who are related to um, cancer, we've been approached by stand up to cancer to see whether anybody wants to tell their stories on this year's um, charity charity shows but i will try and get an email up as you know it's been a bit panda- uh, pandemic. <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> bit pandemic um it's just oh, we've, we've just got a lot going on in a minute um but i'm aware also if you're listening channel four i'm, I'm i am aware and i'll drop you an email as well um, um Give but, us anyway, show. Anyway, but, but back back to my main point and so to turn the tv on every day and it's like oh a thousand people have died um mm-hmm. this and then once that bit's over and you're back in the world now there's all the shit show about like, oh, you know, Joe Rogan was right. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit, what are we doing? Yeah. And it, it angers me. And because, you survived. Because I didn't need to come so close to yeah. to the wind and, and Emma's husband, you know, could have possibly been, possibly been And saved. this is the thing, we don't know, do we? we we're not medics and no, we don't, we don't, and we don't understand the science. But in, that, in, the, in the time that we, times that we were living in, we, we followed medical and government instruction most of us to the law because we were we were so scared yeah um and then to discover that it, it i don't know that people were dying perhaps unnecessarily is it's just a real well it's a oh, kick in the fanny for want of a better word isn't it yeah but i don't think we need to remind you no. of how disenfranchised we are with governments across the world no. now so no um, this is not a political show so i do apologize i do think you should do one though you've got some good good ideas for john for mp PM, PM, go straight to the top, PM. (laughs) I don't think Uh, I want that job. Nobody wants that job. Anyway, so lots of you will have had your children, your little darlings, return to school this Mm -hmm. week um, or last week. And that that is a mixed bag in itself because some of them will be starting school for the first time, which is a really, really big, big one. Um, Or you may have old ones. Starting secondary secondary or going to university or starting college. These big swings, isn't it? It is. And they're all big life events that even much further into your journey will still land with a bit of a wallop, won't they? Yeah. And we do, 
we, we, and also there's kind of school exhaustion because we've only been back two weeks and I'm already sick of after school clubs. So there's an element of this. You, you have the holidays, which, um, they can feel a little bit like an endurance test at times, especially if you're on your own and especially if it's in the early days. And then they go back to school and you're like, oh, okay, I've got a bit of breathing space. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, then the list you put away at the beginning of summer gets wheeled out. How, how many pages? I, I've got, I, when I get into a bit of a, well, call it a little bit of a tiz, um, one of my things, and it's kind of a sign that I'm beginning to boil over, is I will make slightly if you are old enough to remember Vanessa Feltz in the Big Brother house where she started writing on the walls yeah. picture that um you can picture it and so I get a notebook and, it, and it'll be sort of six pages long of just this stuff that's in my brain and if you break it down not it might be order school socks or move a lamp but they're, they're those tiny incremental little loads that we carry in our brains and lots of them have been put on hold while we've just kind of kept our kids alive. And then they land again and the school are sending you home letters. You put the wrong bloody snacking or, you know, your kid's got the wrong Colour socks. Sock. <laughs> and so the relief that you're expecting to feel in September perhaps doesn't always come. And that, that can be another bit of a jolt for you. Um, so I do hope that you are getting some time for yourselves and uh, I put a, uh, a story up on the Instagram today about you know, making time to rest and then I was found by Mr GM getting my trainers on while sort of crying this morning because I was so tired <laughs> he just looked at me and went you've just put a post on Instagram about this just go back to bed <laughs> so I did and I had a, a, an hour's sleep and I do feel much much better now but it's learning to I to give yourself that compassion and, and if you hadn't said that to me I would have just powered through. And so I'm going to say to you, if you haven't necessarily got somebody to say to you, if you are running on empty and you are about to burn out and you just can't cope, two hours in your bed will not create carnage. No. If there's, you know, anything that's desperately urgent, write it down and do it after you've had a nap. But Or perhaps a run would help you. But for me, I was physically exhausted. Um, and I suppose self-care is a very overused term and, and we think, oh, bubble baths and massages and don't get me wrong also lovely but self-care can be the simplicity of I'm not going to offer to do the school run for somebody today or I'm not going to make a home-cooked meal my uh, one of our kids <laughs> oh the shame he I was making dinner and I used that term less loosely last night and he went this, this is a brilliant idea mum isn't it you can get a whole meal in a pack <laughs> ready meals yeah and and I was just like, oh, okay, now this is how my kids think food arrives. Um, but in t in when we're talking about self-care, for me, cooking for four picky children and then cooking something nutritious for myself and John or cooking something for us all, sometimes that feels like an insurmountable challenge. Mm -hmm. And I used to enjoy cooking. I enjoy food, enjoy feeding people. But right now I just... I'm not interested in it. Yeah. And, and every meal doesn't have to be a special show. No, like, it doesn't. They, they it can just need... be pasta and sauce, right? Yeah. Uh, and most of the time, if you give them the simple one, like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Like, oh, I, my God. I made the boys chicken, uh, just, just like diced chicken with some liquid seasoning on, which they love, um, and some chips. And I, went, I said, sorry, it's chips again, because I, I couldn't find the rice. <laughs> um, but the boys were like, oh, but no, we love it. And heck, like, this is my favourite meal. So, yeah. Um, 
Sometimes we overthink these things. Yeah, we do, um, and, and they're cool. And actually, I buy um, I buy sort of like the cook meals, which are really nice. That's how I kind of just only for us. The kids don't get those because they won't eat them. Um, and the others I'll get just with the weekly shop. And and if you look at the ingredients, they're only what you put in yourself. And whilst I'm not condoning, you know, constantly feeding yourself or your children processed food, a decent ready meal is not the devil. Mm. It's not poison, and actually, it's better than what I was doing which was just having a bit of toast and chocolate so that's the way I've found that I can manage my mental load is I do an online cook order I fill the freezer and you get to open the freezer of dreams and pick what you want for dinner what could be better <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the main, the main point here is everything will wait oh yeah sorry um, <laughs> like, every, like everything will point. wait um, and when I was going through counselling my my, my counsellor used to like to use the um Aircraft analogy. So, you know, when you're going to play and to give you the certificate answer, put your own mask on first before helping anyone else. And you really need to do that with your own health. So if you're feeling tired, but you're like, I'm too busy to be tired, no, you're not. Mm. Go rest and then the busyness won't be as bad. As you said that, I um, remember my counsellor saying something similar to me early on and just saying, well, what, what will happen if you go to sleep for two hours? And really, unless you've got a vitally important appointment or... You know, like don't sleep through the school run, that's ill-advised. Mm. But you, we've all got a phone with an alarm on it. Um, I'd recommend giving yourself 15 minutes so you don't look like that cat. <laughs> yeah. Who am I? What day I know, is it? I know, Where I am I? Yeah. I often look like that in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, just really this kind of mental load and this expectation to keep going. It's, I can see it in friends who aren't widows. I can see it everywhere. It's a human trait. It is, and I don't know whether whether COVID even has something to do with this or whether it is just the pressures, the external pressures, social media, because there is this expectation, um, and I'm, I'm kind of bringing this back to, to women, I'm afraid, John, but that you will be on the school run and you will be well presented, that your children will be well presented, that they will have this nutritious lunch that adheres exactly to the very particular criteria of the school. That their uniform will be clean and dry. They'll sometimes they'll throw in two PE days a week. That, that that caught us. We've had to quickly tumble dry a stinky t-shirt this morning for the small one. <laughs> a bit of air freshener in the tumble dry works like a charm. And it's a lot of balls in the air. Balls talking to balls. Shouldn't talk about balls today, John. <laughs> um, and, not, and sort of going back into talking about schools, you'll you'll also know that we've been really fighting to secure a school place for our middle son. Um, he, he is autistic and he is wonderful. He's incredible. He's bright, engaging, capable and loving. And I could wax lyrical about this child. Um, but he just really was struggling in a mainstream environment, um, to connect with the education side of things. So we've been looking for a specialist provision. We've had a bit of a rough road getting here. Um, and he had a taste today, yesterday. Uh, it was just mornings um and I'm, I'm i don't want to you know expose hector too much because it's not my place to do so but he was distressed and he didn't want to leave us yeah um but i knew that he wanted to do this and we went we were with him and we you know coaxed him and loved him and held him and he made a decision and i watched this 11 year old boy make a decision and he decided that he wanted to do this and you know that I'm getting goosebumps as I say this, that deep breath you take when I, I compare it to the ice bath, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to get in that ice bath, but you know you, it's going to do you good. Yep. And that little boy, that beautiful little boy who's um, 
had so much trauma. He he walked into that room. We did. And we said we'll st- we'll we'll wait outside in the car for half an hour. And if you and we they checked at half an hour and he was fine. So he did an hour. So when we went back into the school, this a, a, a new little boy came out. Mm. He was he was buzzing with with not only had he had a wonderful time, he'd loved his teacher. He there was only two little boys in the class with him. So it was really, really nurturing, gentle introduction to school. Um but he had conquered a fear and done a hard thing. And that spoke to me enormous volumes about what kind of child we're raising here. What, and, yeah. Um so yeah, I think feeling the fear and managing to do it anyway yeah. is a huge act of bravery. And the reason I'm saying this is because I know that each and every one of you is doing this every day. We're doing it every day. We're, yeah. uh, and I don't just mean the ice buff. I mean, we are getting up and we are doing things that we don't necessarily want to do, but we know they will make us better. And um, I mm. think it's an enormous attribute. And I kudos to all of you who are making hard decisions, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, every single day. I don't think I have anything to add to that. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, I am also just going to uh, talk a, just very briefly about um, kind of who's listening to the podcast because we expected to have more uh, hardened widows, I suppose, people further down the line. Yeah. And we've had this really wonderful kind of side effect happening, which is I've had a few messages from people who lost their partners very recently. And much like I was thrust into this hot young widows club, which was not where you'd expect to go when you were freshly bereaved, but I found solace there in the humor and the, um, and the stories. And I think this is happening here. So this, um, I am not going to name her, but a woman messaged me and it was a, a really beautiful message that made me cry because her husband, um, her lovely young husband, they was killed, um, by Laurie and she's currently pregnant with her first child so I oh know Jess, who we spoke to, I think early on episode four mm. or five, she was pregnant when her second husband died. And it is a incredibly oh, unimaginable, really. You no, know, you're excited, your first baby. So I, I'm not going to say too much, but I thank you for reaching out. You'll know who you are. And, um, and thank you to other people who've reached out because to know that we're actually making a difference to people in those early days, which are really the scary ones. Yeah. I didn't expect to be reaching out to those people just yet and i'm i'm i am really glad that we are and i'm really glad that they're hopefully getting something from it yeah yeah me too and and you know it takes a little bit of courage to even send you a message as well oh my gosh of course Um, it does of course it does and as i said i always always try and reply to you so do keep messaging us um if anybody was interested that orange dress looked ridiculous on me so i won't be wearing that to the holding on letting go ball um so it's a surprise John, you're going to get a dicky bow out? Nope. He's refusing to wear a dicky bow. Why won't you wear one? Because they're wrapped around pricks. <laughs> That's a Ben Elton joke for anyone who's the same age as me and remembers that particular and now, stand-up. I, I might buy you a sequin one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say about me. <laughs> we will also report back on how John's operation went, that, that we're effectively calling. It's in the calendar as JJJ snippy snip snip. Yep. <laughs> and hopefully it's only two cuts oh, 
first guy is a demon. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's going to affect me if it doesn't work. Uh, anyway, right. On that note, we'll stop talking about your genitalia and we will leave you. these good people to it. Have a good week, guys. We have, uh, who's out on Monday? Is it Felicity? Yes. Felicity. She doesn't know it, but she's out on Monday, so I'm going to uh, make, make contact with her. We've actually got quite a few in the can there. We have. Um, and, and more to come. And actually... I'm about to record another one. You're about one. to record in five minutes. Um, you're going to listen to this after the fact, but I couldn't reply to your message because we're busy recording. <laughs> <laughs> so I do apologise, and I'll tell you when I send you a message. Is that Malik? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We will catch up with you soon, guys. Lots of love and take really good care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.